Good morning, church. Morning. Good morning to those at home. Good morning to those in the building. What a morning. You know, I, I love church. Can I just be honest? I love church. I love worshipping together. You know, when it gets you right in here, right in your heart, and you just, it's just your heart's just pouring out. I, I, you know, is it just me? Oh, phew. I thought it was just me there. But, you know, when you feel it and seeing all these incredible men and women stood up as well, coming into membership as well, you know, and as Pastor Jason said, you know, for those of you that have been part of the journey for so long, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm only a newbie here. Lee and I have been here for, what, two and a bit years now? So we're very new. But guys, this is incredible. And just seeing so many stood up ready to commit, to come into membership, to connect to be a family. It was just, oh, so powerful, so powerful. So yes, let's get on with this morning, shall we? So yeah, you know, we are carrying on with our, our campaign, which is connecting with God, connecting with people, and also connect with purpose. And today, I really would like us just to focus on connecting as a community, because this is really, really important. And there are many different characteristics to communities. But just for today, and obviously time constraints, we're just going to pick at three things that I would really like us to have a bit of a deep dive in. And we're going to be looking at Acts. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share a little something. I was brought up by an incredible mum and dad. And my mum always encouraged me in my faith. She taught me how to do prayers. She taught me how to worship God. She would encourage me to read my Bible or, you know, and I had an amazing nana as well, who again, it was just this amazing little unity that we had. But they always made it very clear to me that believing in Jesus is a decision. It's a choice. And they told me that I had to make that decision. They couldn't make it for me. I had to make it for myself. So and they had the faith and they prayed to God that one day I would do that. And I was 26, I'll be honest. I was a little bit late to the party. But I was 26 when I decided, you know what, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And I remember very clearly being in the Sheffield City Hall. It's a great big city hall in the middle of town where we, where we were both originally from. And I was sat way up on a high balcony. And there was an Australian pastor at the front and he was giving a word. And have you ever been in a, in a meeting where you just felt the pastor was talking directly to you? Dire oh, yes, excellent. You know, directly into your heart. You even feel like they're looking at you, even though I was like a million miles up on a balcony. I really felt like, he's really looking at me. I'm getting uncomfortable now. Okay. Holy Spirit, I need something's happening. Don't know what it is, but we need to go with it. And I remember that pastor being stood on the stage, and he was he was speaking directly into my heart, and he gave an altar call at the end. And I was like, this is it. I don't know what's going on, but something's happening here. I've got to respond. And as I said, it was, I was on this high-up balcony, and I had to run down, which felt like a thousand stairs going round and round, because I had to get to the altar. And it was a blazing hot August night. And I'd taken my shoes off during worship, so I didn't have any socks or shoes on. I was getting trampled on and all sorts, but I didn't care. I had to get to that altar there to give my life to Jesus. And it was amazing. That buzz you get, that high you get, you've committed. And then I went home, and I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> I just, I, 
I, I started looking at my Bible. I was very blessed. I could speak to my mum about this. You know, I could speak to my nana about this. But I needed something more to help me go deeper. And, you know, I started reading the Gospels and things like that. And you, I just, I'm not the brightest person, I'll be honest with you. So, you know, I was struggling. I was struggling. And at that time, I became part of a little village Anglican church. And it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I started serving. So I actually served on the worship team. If anybody has heard me sing, no. But I, I could smile, so I would smile. That was my thing. I did hospitality. I did welcome the flowers. Well, that didn't work. That's another story. But, you know, I did try. I really did try. But I really needed to connect. Do you know what I mean? I needed someone or somebody to help me go deeper and to connect in. And I was talking to God and praying to God. And do you know what he answered me with at my prayer? With 10 beautiful, strong, godly women. And they were what we called a house group. Here we call them connect groups. And in a few weeks' time, Pastor Linda's going to be speaking on those. But these 10 ladies, they ranged from 40 to 80 with testimonies that just, I was 26, you know, they blew me out the water, you know, these strong women of God, and it was absolutely such a blessing, and I just loved being part of it, so every Wednesday night, we would meet, we would pray, we did that for years, we went through joys, like marriage, babies, celebrations, we were always like going out for a good meal, that was absolutely brilliant, but also the hard stuff, death, pain, divorce, you know, this is hard stuff to navigate, but we were there, connected together, doing life, and I'll never, and I'll be honest with you, one of those ladies now, she's in her (laughs) mid-90s, and she's actually a pen pal to our daughter, Bethy, so not only has this lady installed so much into me, here she is in her 90s, Every couple of weeks or so, and she does struggle with a sight, I'm going to be honest, she still writes a little card to our Bethy, and Bethy will write one back. And it's amazing, as generations, as we come together to support our younger ones to help them grow in the ways of the Lord as well. But it's connection. It's connection. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today as part of community. So I'm just going to ask, could you put on the board um, chapter two, Acts, please? And here, start of chapter 2, we've got Luke, the author. And in, earlier on in the, in the, in the chapter, we t- it talks about Pentecost and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be celebrating that in a few weeks' time at the Savoy with communion. Make a note in your diary, please. And we also see in there as well that Peter, talking to the 11, talking to the crowd as well about experiencing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I would really like us today just to look at... Verses 42 to 47, Fellowship of Believers. I'll just share that. If you've got your Bibles, that'll be great. You can turn to it as well. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had a need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as I was preparing today and reading and praying and thinking, I really felt I needed to share this scripture this morning. And what can we pull out of that and learn from it for us to be a healthy, connected community? And there are many different characteristics, but as I said, we're just going to look at three main focuses. So firstly, verse 42 They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. As we've just read in Acts, they were focused on God. They were listening to the apostles, sharing their stories and the experiences of Jesus. I mean, how amazing was that? You know, firsthand, oh yeah, I saw Jesus the other week and this happened and this, you know, that would have been amazing to hear that. And these Accounts of Jesus were passed down originally verbally, and then eventually they got put into what we know as the Gospels. And there's a Greek word for fellowship, and it's called about participating together towards a common goal. So together, they were connected as a community, learning to go towards the common goal, growing in their relationship with God, and heart at the center, Jesus heart at the center, experiencing, knowing, and feeling the love of God, and also experiencing the love from others. And we read this, it's reiterated in the Bible, love one another. John 13, we know it well, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another, which sometimes I know can be really, really tricky. (laughs) Let's be honest, can be really tricky. But we take it to God. We trust God, knowing that he will guide us, help us, shape our heart to bring us to the place we need to be. Not in a place of pain or a place of hurt, but in a place of love, fixed on him. Secondly, our community needs to be connected. In Acts 2, 44, all the believers were together and they were in common. See, we're not designed to be on our own. We're not. You know, don't get me wrong. I sometimes do like a little bit of quiet time or a bit of space away and a bit of a cup of tea. And, you know, we do need a bit of quiet time. But we're not designed to walk this earth on our own. And I was looking back right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. It's one of, one of my favorites, Genesis. I love it. And it could be interpreted there that when you're reading those early verses that God was alone. It says, verse 1, God created heaven and earth. God said, let there be light. You see this repeatedly going over. And then it says in verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God hovering over the waters and then later in Genesis it says let us let us make mankind in our image in our likeness as we read on that's when we start to read about Adam and Eve and then God does say in Genesis 2 it's not good for man to be alone I'll make a suitable helper for him it's not good that we're on our own we need to help one another 
be in community with one another. God wanted them, Adam and Eve, to live in harmony with one another and also with God. He didn't want Adam to be on his own, but he wanted him to have a relationship with him and with others. A few verses spring to mind where I know this one, I'm sure we all do. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Love that one. Such power, such encouragement. God is with us. 1 Thessalonians 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Again, encouraging us to be connected with one another, to support one another, and to love one another. People grow and thrive on encouragement. I think back to when I was a primary school teacher. And every September, I used to welcome in my new class. I, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. I never slept the night before because you never know what's going to happen the first day. We've got the tissues ready. We've got the wet wipes ready. Right, team, we're good to go. We're going to be okay. And they always come in, these little ones, bless them. I was early years trained. I was their usually foundation one, foundation two teacher. So I did have the really little dinky ones. And I used to see so many of them come in so shy so nervous, with very little confidence in this big strange room with these strange team members. And we used to become a little community, a little family. We would encourage one another. We would encourage the children to encourage one another. We would love them. We would support them. We would help them, especially when they got to those really challenging things and they had to work at it and stick at it and persevere. We were there as a team of adults, teachers and teaching assistants, but also as a class with the families and the parents. And there was, I was very new to teaching. I was Miss Martin in those days. <laughs> I wasn't Mrs. Richmond, I was Miss Martin. And there was a, one particular little boy, and it was coming up to the summer term. And for those of you who are in education, you know the summer term is crazy. You've got assessments, writing reports, handing in all your data, all that sort of thing. And I remember, I knew this little boy could do a two-color repeating pattern. Something as simple as red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. And bless him, he just couldn't get it. He, he, was, he just couldn't get it. He just couldn't understand the concept of making a two-color repeating pattern. So over a matter of days and weeks, even his little friends outside were sitting outside trying to help him as well. But do you know what? One day, he was sat under the whiteboard, and he did it. He absolutely nailed it, and he was there, so proud of himself. I still remember his big blue eyes, big smile, lining up these little colored bears in a repeating pattern. And then he got a little bit, and he was like, oh, I can do that now, so I'm going to go and get something else. And we're having more things lined up, then we got something else, and we're all lined up. But my point I'm trying to make is that if we hadn't loved him, supported him, was an encouraging community connected, yeah. he would never have done that. Bless him. And I knew it was deep down inside him. For those of you teachers, you, you get that gut feeling when you're assessing kids and you know. But it was there, and I knew that. And I was very privileged that I was also part of a faith school there. So God was always at the center of what we were doing. And as, as a school, we were able to do that and encourage the children in that as well. But I remember that so clearly, clearly, that encouragement and being connected as a community and what it did for the children in their learning. Mm. 
I just want to take a moment. Can we, I don't want to do a maths lesson, but can we think about a triangle for a moment? Let's get a triangle in your mind. And Jesus is right at the top of that triangle. Because remember, Jesus is at the center of all that we do. And then down on the lower two points, you've got yourself and you've got one another. That's your triangle. All joined up, working in unity. But if we took away one of those points of the triangle, it wouldn't work. It would be broken. It wouldn't be a triangle. It would just be some kind of mess, (laughs) basically. Because we need Jesus at the top of that triangle. We need to be focused on him at all times to fix our eyes above whatever that situation is, whatever that problem is, and fix on him. But if you take other people out of the triangle and you've got Jesus and yourself, well, it doesn't flow. It doesn't work. It's broken. Because God is blessing us. God is giving us our gifts, our talents, because he is our provider. We've been singing about it this morning. But we need to pour that out. We need to pass that on to other people, to get our triangle flowing. And that brings me on to my final point. That in our scripture we were looking at in Acts 2, it says that they sold property and possessions and give to anyone who had need. We need to be a sharing community, a giving community. And here, when you read in the early church, they did all that, what they could do for others. They were selling and giving to those who were struggling at their time. But we also read in Acts that they had their homes And they had their possessions as well. So I don't want you to misunderstand this saying you've got to sell everything. We're not talking about that because you do read in the Bible later on that that people do have their homes and their possessions. But they could do what they could do because they did it from the heart. It was voluntary. And that's what giving has to be. It has to be from the heart. And in one commentary I was reading about a verse and it said, The church views itself as a family. And healthy families take care of their own. I remember a few years ago reading a quote from Nicky Gumbel, leader of HTB, and he said this, churches were not museums that displayed perfect people. They were hospitals for those who were wounded, hurt, injured, and broken because they needed to find healing. Which also left me to kind of ponder as well, the early church as well, what else did they do for those who had need in the early church? Do you know, I bet it was just something as simple as listening to one another. If someone had a problem, they needed to pray about something, talk about something, help one another. And let's be honest, with the situation that we've been in with COVID, Brexit, war, Mental health now, the statistics are so, so alarming. I was looking at quite a few of them and just just praying for people because it's absolutely overwhelming. There was a survey 
of over 5,000 people who were struggling with mental health issues. This was done by Mind UK. And since the pandemic, they haven't been able to talk to anybody. And that is one in eight people who have had mental health issues but aren't able to talk to anyone, don't feel that they can talk to anyone since the pandemic started. One in eight. One in eight. However, those, when they looked at other statistics as well, we found that really encouragingly, when people did actually talk to somebody, three quarters of them felt better. They felt more positive. They felt like there was someone there on the journey with them, that they weren't facing it on their own. Three quarters. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible by a conversation. Talking and listening have a massive, massive difference to someone. Personally, I've had experience of working with grief counsellors when my dad passed away. And these incredible professionals were so amazing to help me work through my grief, work through my pain, and help me to move forward. And with the love of God, to have healing in my heart. Couldn't do it on my own. And I know that when people reach out to us as a team, you know, can we talk? Can we meet for coffee? You know, I say to people, I'm not a counsellor, but I can listen, I can love, I can support, I can pray for you, I can pray with you, and I can signpost you to organisations, to those that can help you as well. But you're loved, you're supported, we're here. And I think that is so, so important. And as we think about being a sharing community of our time, of our, of our possessions, you know, giving to charities or, or giving over to the church or ministry or different missions, we always need to go back to the final verse. And it said, the Lord added to their number daily and they were saved. We've got to share the good news. Not just on a Sunday morning. We've just heard Pastor Jason up here speaking about the Great Commission. We've got to do it. Can't just be on a Sunday morning. It's for every day. Every day we need to share with others the good news of the love of God. I remember driving to school every morning. Every morning when I used to drive to school, I had no idea what was waiting for me in my classroom. So I used to put my worship music on as loud as I possibly could. And I'm praising God all the way to school. Because I don't know what I'm going to find. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know it's going to be okay because God's right there with me. And whatever I do, walking into that classroom, walking into the, walking into the entrance... The business manager, bless her, she said, you've been singing to that God again, haven't you? You're smiling, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I'm singing to God. You can sing to him too. Oh, no, you're all right. I'm not singing to God. But we can sing to God. We can lift our praise to God in that situation, in that, in that moment. And how exciting must it have been as the early church? Every day, more people were being added. Every day, more people were being added to the numbers. And that is so encouraging for us too. A few weeks ago, we were at the Elam's Leadership Summit over in Harrogate, where we had lots of different ministers from all over the world, elders, kids workers, youth workers, deacons, just to name a few. And we all came together to be encouraged to worship God and to pray into the new season of the church, which was so exciting. I've got to be honest with you, the buzz in that place, all the ministers coming together corporately, worshipping and asking God for guidance as we move forward. 
Because the thing is, you see, God is not finished yet. God is not finished yet for Elam Church, Northampton. And God's not finished for you sat there right now or sat at home. He isn't finished with us yet. There is so much still to do. Guys, there's work to be done for God. There is a lot of work to be done for God. But we need to be part of this strong, God-centered community with our eyes fixed on him. Because there is no other greater privilege than to serve God. There is no greater privilege to serve God and to serve in his house. I love Sundays, as I've already just said, absolutely. But I'll be honest with you, I go home and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> because I've served God with everything I've got. And that feels good. That feels good. I have a cup of tea and then I'm fine. But it feels good because I know I've given him everything that I've got everything I've got, that down to that last little bit of strength, energy. So let's just think back to what we've been exploring. As a community, a healthy community, we need to be Christ-centered. Christ-centered. We need to be connected. We need to be connected together. And we also need to be sharing as well. And let's think of that triangle as well. Just hold that in your mind's eye. For us to be a healthy, flowing triangle, not a jumbled up mess. We need all three points there. And I don't know where you are today with your journey. I don't know where you are right now. You could be sat at home, sat in your car, sat at work, or you could be watching this back later. Could be something in your heart that's niggling, resonating. Holy Spirit could be prompting you, stirring you up inside. So I just don't want to let this moment pass us by. Just posture yourself, open yourself up to God, nestle with God, love to nestle with God. That's my resting place. Because God's with us. God's listening to us. And if you do need to reach out to us, please do reach out to us on, our, on all our online platforms if you need any support or prayer. But let us be committed to one Christ-centered community with God, Jesus, at the heart of everything we do. So I'd just like to pray over you all. In fact, if you're able to stand, you feel comfortable. Father God, thank you that you love us with an unchanging love and that you long to know each one of us, for us to be one family connected with you at the center of all that we do. 
And Lord, we stand before you this morning as your children. Examine our hearts. We want to grow closer to you, God. We want to be closer to one another. And Lord, if there's any hurt this morning or any barriers that hold us back, Lord, we lay them at the foot of your cross. And we ask for healing. We ask for restoration in your name, Jesus. Restore each one of us. Refill each one of us. Because, Lord, we love you. And all of this is to serve you in your mighty name, Lord. For all the glory and all the honor is yours. Amen.